This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I really like Ashley Brunson partly because I think Ghostface is the greatest of all time. Well, it's my, he's my goat. Let me just couch that immediately before someone jumps down my throat. Is it cliche to say you're Ghost Jay-Z? Or is no, that like no, too... No. Jay-Z is clearly your goat. He's the one, he's the rapper you talk the most about on this podcast. Nas is also one of my goats. Can you have more than one goat? Yeah, you have to have a top five. All right. Okay, people. This is the Talking Tactics podcast. What's up? My name's Daniel. My name's Carl Anker. Oh my God, I forgot my name for a bit. Uh, Have Hope is uh, doing some Champions League edits. He'll jump in. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. You mad. You mad. You mad. I mean, I can still laugh about it, but, you know, we'll get into it. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us. If you're listening on iTunes or or an Apple device, rather, you know, subscribe. It's free. We would really appreciate it. Patreon backers, you will get your 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics extra whenever you feel like looking it up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave a little small piece of what we talked about on Talking Tactics Extra right here. So this is what you can enjoy for a pledge of $3 a month. You get it four times for $3 a month. Here you go. Do you want to go even deeper? Someone mentioned Emmett Till. That's why I said, like, if they're telling the truth and it did happen, I can understand you wanting to get revenge, but on the person that did it. That's Not just humanity. like that's what revenge means. Revenge is exactly oh, he did this. I am going to try and take the because you were the guy that did that's what revenge is. Exactly. But if you're just going on the street just trying to like anyone will do, <laughs> like wait, hey, 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 easy, 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 bro. That was our talking tactics extra. Hope you uh enjoyed it. Hope that kind of spurred you into looking at the tiers. There's a one dollar tier, three dollar tier, ten dollar tier. Nobody wants talking tactics merch. I, I kind of want a mug still. I got, enough, I, got, okay. I got a lot of mugs and I got a lot of tote bags, you know? <laughs> I, you, know I, you know what it is? I don't drink coffee. So, no, nah, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea, but I don't drink coffee. Um, um, I had one coffee today, which is pretty good because I can, I can average about four to five when I'm really messing wow. around. Which yeah, is great. Like, I love the coffee I'm getting. I'm just getting because I'm bored and there's a coffee machine at work and I'm just trying to kill time. I like the idea that if I'm really tired and I can't keep myself awake, if I, if I drink this coffee... It's really going to work. But people who just drink coffee all willy-nilly, it doesn't affect them, I don't think, in the same way. Maybe in the morning it does. But when you're on your third cup, does it really do anything for you? Nah. I don't maybe. know. I don't, I don't know. know. But, but is that like, if be, be, because I might drink coffee like two, three times in a year, whenever I drink it, it like may, I, I'm awake for like 24 hours at least. So it does come in handy, but I don't drink it. But anyway, that's why I don't have a talking tactics mug available. But you know, you can get a pillow, you can get mouse pads, you can get whatever. Look at me he's trying to stall so I don't have to talk about this. Um, you mad. You mad. Let's do it. So the marquee match of the week was Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Take no, your L uh, fam. 6-0 for uh <laughs> Easy. Um, <laughs> um French, right? What's it? What's six in French? Uh two, trois, quatre, cinq, six. That's how many you held. That's how many your team held. Woo! Where are you in the table, Dan? Sixth. Sixth place. <laughs> God damn. So in Chelsea's last two away games, you realize it's 10-0 on aggregate. We want to look at this little, this little run of Chelsea right now. They beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0. They lose against Bournemouth 4-0. They beat Huddersfield 5-0. And they lose against Man City 6-0. So logic dictates they're about to smack up Malmo 7-0. Let's talk about this game. Uh, Chelsea are bad away from home. They have not scored a goal away from home since they haven't scored an away goal in 2019 i know that in 2019 in 2019 the last goal that chelsea scored away from home was boxing day and hazard with a brace against watford um daniel you watched this game i i couldn't because i was trying to get out wembley after watching 
Leicester Spurs. Uh, so please tell me what, what, what happened. <laughs> what happened? Um, you know, for the first three no, minutes. No, 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 come on, Danny, Danny. Let's just be real. It was a shakedown. Don't do like for the thing. It was a complete shakedown. Jewelry, watches, birth certificates, pride, everything, manhood. What it was all stolen from. They Chelsea snatched your shit, bro. For the first maybe three minutes, I was like, you know what? Like maybe, maybe we have a little chance here. I think Higuain had a little chance. Hazard went on a little dribble, and he had a shot on. Ta- no, I don't know if it was on target, but it, you know he had a shot. And I was like, hey, you know, Chelsea, if they can keep it out nil-nil or for however long, it'll be okay. And then free kick, Alonso decides, you know what, I'm just going to leave left back right quick. And then I'm going to kind of sort of motion to Eden Hazard to, hey, get over here. But then the communication kind of broke down. And, you know, I don't know who put the ball through. Probably De Bruyne put it through to somebody. Then he puts in a cross and it ends up in a sterling goal. So that was the first goal. What was the second goal, Have Hope? Oh, I think oh. it was the Aguero Long Ranger. Yes, yes. Now, when that goal went in, I criticized Kepa a little bit. It's Kepa is six foot one. Should you pay 70 million for a, a keeper that's six one whose name isn't Ika Casillas? Should you be yes. doing that? The argument that a goalkeeper is not fit for purpose because they're not six foot five is I, that's a dangerous way of thinking. You cannot critique Kepa for the goalkeeping on Aguero's 25 yard perla. He got you his can. hand to it. If you touch it, that no, means you're no, a little no, no, bit no, taller. Dan, Dan, you could have saved it. Dan, he touched it. Bro, it's not it your fault. It was the same thing. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Okay, fine. It's not your fault. Are you really blaming Kepa for that Aguero goal? You can blame Kepa for the fourth goal. Gundogan shot. Yeah, I don't, no, 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 yes. no, no, no. Yes. I, I don't blame him. Like, he did all that he could do. He... That he tried his best, but Aguero put the ball where it needed to go in order to beat Kepa. You hit by six. Whether or not Kepa can save that going will save you, bro. You got done. Chelsea got dismantled. All right, Manchester City scored the Manchester City triple tap cross because Marcus Alonso didn't want to pick up his man. Then Aguero could have open goal. Then Aguero could have scored the Manchester City triple tap cross again. Then Aguero went. I right, bet. Let me go smack this one in and dang you there. Then Ross Barkley headed a goal abysmally. <laughs> then Gundogan got a shot right in that weak spot for Kepa. Kepa seems to have a lot of problems with what I call the uh, the the Harry Kane method. So a hard, low shot with loads of top spin towards the corner. Kepa doesn't seem to enjoy getting down low to corners and making that save. That will be a weakness that top strikers will exploit. Number five was a penalty. And then number six was just Raheem Sterling going, huh. Let me go ruin Aspilicueta's life again. Chelsea didn't do much tactically wrong, right? So there's a lot of talk about Sari's system and whether or not he's the correct coach for this for, for this set of players, or whether or not Sari has the right players to get across his, you know, Sari ball or whatnot ever. But what I'd like to put forward was, and what I think quite a few football journalists are putting forward is, of the six goals Chelsea conceded, two of them are the goal that Manchester City always score and people always struggle with. And then another two of them are players falling asleep and, and making individual errors. This is this is what happens. This is the difference between first and sixth now. This is the difference between, you mentioned uh, during the Community Shield, after Community Shield between City and Chelsea, one of these sides is in the third season after being coached by one of the best managers in the world. The other side is uh, the very first year of a manager who hasn't had a preseason. There is a gap. And it is getting growing ever wider as Pep further coaches that team to play his style of football. It's not your fault, Dan. You ain't at the top table no more. You're gonna have to fight for fourth place with me and Arsenal. As as shocking as it may sound, I think United may have secured that fourth space, man. You know. If we could just talk about this in a larger context, kind of macro context, do you guys think sorry safe? Because this is a really bad result. Like, before we started recording, I played, like, the Stephen A. Smith. This is bad. This is very, very bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you can't lose 6-0 and just, like, you know, get your chain snatched. What I'm, I'm sure someone asked I'm the question. 4-0 Bournemouth as well. What is a 6-0? Oh, a sacrifice. Oof. You can't be sacrificed. And, uh, you know, keep your dignity in any way. So, you know, the Roman Abramovich has a quick trigger. All this type of stuff has, has surfaced, rightfully so. 
Do we think as a collective that Sari is going to make it past this month? He has Malmo. He has Man City in a final again. There's Manchester United in a cup. And I believe the next Premier League game in two weeks is Spurs. So it doesn't get any easier. Do we think he's going to survive the month? Uh, bro, <laughs> it doesn't look good. It does because look good. you have to understand that Abramovich is from the, is from the street. Oh, hey, 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 hey. I, I'm, I, one quite thing. Abramovich is not from the street. That guy is from uh, <laughs> well-educated stock. That's why. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, mentally, <laughs> mentally, psychologically. Not literally from the streets, but psychologically. We just think of how he operates. He operates in a very street kind of mentality. So... Because I've heard Zola might be put in as a caretaker boss. That's just a rumor that that's going around now. As you said, 4-0, in the space of like a week, a, a few weeks. The last, like Chelsea's worst the, the, the defeat was 1991, Nottingham Forest, 7-1. 1991. That's before the Premier League. So this is their worst ever Premier League defeat. So um, it, does, it, it doesn't look good for Sarri keeping his job. And it's if if he still has his job come next season, I'll 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 be shocked. I'll if be shocked. you were Roman Abramovich, if we if if I made you chairman of Chelsea Football Club, mm. God help us, what would you do? Would oh, you um, stick or would you twist? Stick for sure. And I'll just say that look, write this season off. It's one season. I'll give you another summer because again, because I think it was you that even retweeted it. Pep said, boom. In my first season, it didn't work out, you know, and we didn't win any trophy. We just about made it into the top top four. And I told my bosses, I need this, 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 that, and that. And even before he took the Man City job, he said, I took the job because I knew that I would be supported by the people that I know. Mm. So for Sari, I'll say to him, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of, of the doubt because I did like your work at Napoli, despite not winning any, any trophies. And I do see that, you know, there is potential here so tell me what you need i'll tell you what our budget is what we can give you and i'm going to give you another season where you this is a learning curve for you this season where with or without hazard this is the place that i can i can give you here but i'll just say i'm not a football coach or anything but i'll advise that you do need to tweak tweak things you do need to variate your philosophy and try and maybe expand the philosophy and do not be as rigid because look pep club these are the best managers in the world out there they have the philosophy but within there they change a lot of stuff. They are very flexible within their philosophy. But the thing with Sarri is that you're way too rigid, way too really rigid. You have to be a bit more free. I think they should stay with Sarri. I think you don't you don't bring an assistant manager like Sarri. Uh, and uh, so this is quite interesting because I'm more or less contradicting what I said last week and what I've said about previous managers. But you don't bring in a manager like Sarri and not back him in the transfer market and don't give him time to, to create what he wants. This guy wants to play a pronounced style of football. He is well regarded by those in world football, even though he's relatively old by by civilian standards. He is still young uh, by managerial standards. He's he's refining the way he wants to play. He apparently uh, lunches in Italy with uh, Pep Guardiola and Sachi, and is 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 regarded highly. And, and I think he he very much has the capabilities to become one of the top ten managers in the world. And I think if you if properly backed, he can take a good football side and and turn them into one of the top twenty, top ten football sides in the world. That Chelsea don't have that right now is a combination or is down to a combination of short term and planning and and uh, a mishmash of player personnel. But I think if you give sorry three years in the same way you give a name escapes me. But I think there's absolutely you know you, if you can give Mourinho three years and five transfer windows there's no reason to say you can't give sorry that um considering they don't have particularly much going for them in terms of understanding sorry ball they're more or less on track for finishing in in the in the top four or in contention for top four um if and hazard goes which i think he is going to go that gives you that gives sorry 100 million 120 million i don't know if some of that money has already been spent on christian punisic but 120 million to go spend in the summer and bring in the type of players he wants to play. I would like him to stay, but as you mentioned, Dan, if you look at that fixture list, is is bad. So it, it's Malmo on Thursday, then Manchester United on next on Monday, then Malmo again, then a Brighton game has been postponed because it's Manchester City in the League Cup on the twenty fourth of February. Three days after that is Tottenham Hotspur at Stamford Bridge. By the time Chelsea go to 
Craven Cottage to play Fulham at the start of March. If they get hockeyed by United, Chelsea, by United, uh, City and Tottenham Hotspur, I don't think Sarri will stay there. The telling thing is, Sarri, the, how early Sarri went, this group of players is hard to motivate. Than the fact you said that publicly, mm-hmm. we could conceivably start, you know, record this podcast on the 25th of February after Chelsea have housed their way to a penalty victory against Manchester City and go, oh, you know, Sarri's won his first trophy, everything's going to be all right. Or we could be here on the 25th of February and go, Sarri's gone. He probably gets sacked tomorrow because we're recording this on Monday. I True. think True. he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay it, purely because there's not many other managers out there. What? He can't reach Abramovich. Abramovich is not, is not taking his, his calls. He can't even call him. Uh, so there, there's apparently rumours that he got into a dispute with uh, Marcus Alonso after the game. And Solari basically said, you, you can't play football. What are you talking about? And uh, I will be interested to see if Sari's lack of playing career is going to... The fact he wasn't a professional footballer himself is going is gonna, to is gonna crop up because that, that's normally the next barb. When, when this sort of manager versus player thing happens, where the manager goes, you're rubbish, you can't play football, and the player goes, well, you never had the career, so what are you talking about? But I think I think he will last, because you can't really replace him with Zola, because Zola Zola's managerial record is not as good as Di Matteo's, even. Gusidink is in China, and who else do you bring in? There's no one. You, There's Mr., uh, a certain Portuguese manager is now working for Russia today. Um, so... <laughs> That's that's your three options locked up. So I think sorry, I think sorry's going to last till the end of the season. Um, I posted a video of Mourinho's last uh, post-match interview, and uh, he talks about. I mean, I could kind of play it. And it's difficult for us to to score goals when you have some players that are not are not in their best level, and it's obvious, and everybody everybody uh, knows that. And when you have some players. Um, especially in some crucial positions that you don't go to the normal to the normal level is difficult is it hard for you watching some of those players knowing they're champion players knowing how good they can be they're almost unrecognizable yeah it's hard uh all last season uh, i did a phenomenal work and i brought them to a level that is not their level is <laughs> more key. than they really very key they really are all this season we are doing so uh, so bad that the players, um, for some reason, I'm not saying all of them, of course, I don't want to put some of them in the same in the same basket. But clearly, where some of them is is, is so so difficult. This links in very well to Anthony Conte because there's a key thing that people keep saying. Because whenever I say, "Oh no, Hazard is too good for this team," people come back and say, "Oh, this team won a Premier League trophy under Conte under Mourinho." What did Conte do with that Italy team? in 2016 that everyone said, no, nah, they can't do anything. He overachieved with them. And people say, my gosh, look at how much better he did with that AC team that no one thought they would get as far as, uh, as they did. Mourinho is notoriously known in getting the best out of teams that are not that good, based on just how he's as the manager. So maybe Mourinho and Conte just did a lot better than what that team really was. So most managers, given those squads and those teams, wouldn't have actually won a Premier League trophy with them. Conte and thing just overachieved. And when they overachieved for that singular season, subsequent season, like, boom, I can't do this for two, three much months. This was just a golden thing where I coached my face off just for this season. But for someone like Isari, he ain't a Mourinho or a Conte who can get, who can make an average guy really, really good. You use the word overachieved. I would say outperform the competition because Mourinho and Conte wanted players who weren't of a particular footballing quality. Or at least they were willing to work and could work with players who weren't of a particular footballing quality. Like, Conte wanted Lorente because he's, even though we acknowledge that he's a brick, Conte looked at him and figured, you know, I could use a player that of that quality or of that standard. I don't necessarily want to conflate the word quality with Lorente because it could get into a weird space, but he wanted a player who was six foot five, who could head the ball down, who could hold up play, et cetera, et cetera. Like, those M- Mourinho and Conte wanted players who would fit their pragmatic view of football. Sarri needs good footballers. And this is key when, when, when Mourinho said, I took players above their level. Mm. He means he coached them to outperform clubs with better quality. Whatever strategy or scheme he was using, and, and Conte as well, whatever schemes they were using, 
it worked with the players they had in order to outperform clubs with better quality. I think I think something that speaks deeper, not into sorry, but into what Chelsea is. Chelsea's high moments and Chelsea fans and recent Chelsea history has been born on pragmatic, claustrophobic, counter-attacking football. This Chelsea Chelsea football team are the side who drag you around the corner in a pub fight and then stab you in the ribs. That's that's how they get you. They they're not gonna. They don't want to overwhelm you with with pretty passes. They want to beat you up, nick your wallet, and run away before you've realised what's happened. Um, even even their victory over Manchester City was pretty much them going, "Huh, see you on a pass, huh? Long ball, gotcha." Uh, this is this is what Chelsea did, and this is what when Chelsea have been most successful. They counterattacked their way through to a Champions League victory in 2012. Uh, their most recent Premier League victory was off this 3-4-3 counterattacking formation before anyone realised what was going on. The one before that was a Cesc Fabregas more or less bypassing the entire attacking midfield and just giving the ball straight to Diego Costa up until February. And then everyone kind of figured out what was going on and then they just scabbed a whole bunch of 1-0 victories to get over the line. Chelsea haven't had a... Now, this is a very subjective word. Uh, aesthetically pleasing football side since the 4-3-3 era of Damien Duff and Iron Rubber. And that's fine. Like, look. No, no, it, no, no, no. You, you oh, no, that, no, that, that's, that's mean. That's mean. Carlo Ancelotti had some fantastic yeah. runs with Flora Menuda. My mistake. But the, this is the problem, right? If, if the greatest moments in your club's history have been we play nasty football, that, that means there is always a temptation when things aren't going well for you to go, let's play nasty football again. Mm-hmm. Not because... Not because you know nasty football and locking up shop is better than, you know, not because it's just nicer to lose 2-0 than it is to get hockeyed 6-0, but because there's also the added thing of, this is, as far as you know, this is how you play, this is how you're supposed to play football. Yes. When Manchester when match United go th- went through their recent, you know, their, their, when United have gone through five years of, this is disgusting, this is awful, Manchester United fans chant, attack, 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 going, this isn't who we are, we play attacking football. We, we dominate. We don't play pragmatic football. We take it to teams. Whereas Chelsea are having something quite the opposite where you're not essentially trying to defend, but you're going, what are we doing? Where's Christensen? Why is Jorginho here? Pring and Kante. United want to apply, want to remove the handbrake so they can go back to who they're meant to be when they're successful years. Chelsea want to apply one, which I think is a very interesting dichotomy. Exactly. I, think- I, I was, I, I was going to give like the story of like why support Chelsea right and it the little the the anecdote because somebody asked me to come on their podcast and I was just thinking about what I could say to maybe explain why you see what you see on Twitter and the story is you know uh, my dad buys me like FIFA 2002 you guys know the story because you listen to the podcast I picked Chelsea as my team and it goes to like the managers that I've grown up on that have kind of shaped the way I view football are Jose Mourinho and Carlo Ancelotti. Like those specific teams, the mid-2000s teams and the late 2000s teams kind of shaped the way I, I view football. And Mourinho would, is being pragmatic doesn't necessarily mean you're uber defensive. You win by any means necessary. Shout out to Malcolm. Like by any means necessary yeah. is the strategy. I need these three points. I'm going to do what I have to do to get these three points. I need a draw. I'm going to do what I have to do by hook or by crook to get this draw. If I have to throw on seven attackers, that's what I'm going to do. If I have to put on 11 defenders, that's what I'm going to do. It's that tactical flexibility that Mourinho had, that Ancelotti had. He played 4-3-3. He played 4-3-2-1, the famous Christmas tree. He ended up playing, like, you know, 4-4-2 diamond with Drogba and Anelka. Like, Ancelotti would change things. Uh, Mourinho changed things. Sorry is so rigid, <laughs> even more rigid than Antonio Conte, which I didn't think was possible. That I think the way that I've been tailored to view football, as you allude to, and a lot of people who started supporting Chelsea around, you know, 2001, 2002, once they got money, then more people came. We've all been kind of tailored to view football in that particular Mourinho, Ancelotti, pragmatic style of thinking. Like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do in order to get the result this time? Like, you're losing to Bournemouth and you have Giroud on the bench. Why don't you play him? (laughs) Because you need goals. Why not take off? you know, a, a midfielder, put on a striker and play with like 4-2-4. Like, does it have to be 4-4-3 every, or 4-3-3 every time? Excuse me. Does it have to be that? But Sarri's like, look, this is the way I play football. 
Um, this is my idea of football. I'm not going to change it for anybody. And slightly me, <laughs> but more so people on Twitter look at it like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, change something. Like, you can't just keep doing the same thing. You know, the famous, if you keep do the same thing over and over and expect different results, that's insanity, you know? It's like two mindsets. And I think Pep Guardiola and Mourinho perfectly represents the two managerial mindsets. Pep Guardiola is, and he even said it's in his documentary, I don't look at the opposition. I just worry about what we, we do. Because if we mm. do what I say to the best of our ability, we will always win. So Pep Guardiola is a guy where I need these specific players for my philosophy to work. If I don't have these specific players, I, my, I can't do my job. Yes. But a Mourinho is, I do have a philosophy, but okay, these are the players you have here. All right. So he does this, he does that. Okay, let me work with all these guys have, and let me use their characteristics to the best of my ability. So I go to Real Madrid, okay, Christian, you're really good um, goal scorer. Let's not play a counter-attacking thing where you just run off the, this whole counter-attacking thing, and I'll make Ozil my non, non, number 10 guy. All right, I'm not coming into Inter Milan. Let me now really build upon the defense. No, Lucio Samu, you're really good defensively. Okay, let me play um, Schneider as my, as my number 10. So Mourinho can go and look at who's there, and change the characteristics. So the thing with Sari is... He used to be able to do that. I was wondering when the dig was coming. I was wondering. Okay, no, come on. Like, just, just, just come on. Let's chill. Uncle Mo. No, basically, Sari is much more of the pep school. And the thing with it, this is that... Yeah. Are you going to be able to get all you need? Like, what? Because for, for pep, it's very easy to say, hey, man, I asked for this, this, that, and, and I got all these guys. Sorry, are you able... Because the market is 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 is, is it's, it's it's tough out there. So will you be able to get all the targets you need? Because you're much more of the pep school where you need specific players to fit your philosophy. William doesn't fit it. Can't say as a free roaming guy doesn't fit it. As Pelicueta doesn't doesn't fit it. Alonso doesn't um, fit it. Barkley doesn't. So there are several players who literally doesn't matter how long it will they will not fit your philosophy. So there are five, six, seven first team guys that don't fit what you want them to do. Exactly. And it goes to Carl's point where he was like, Chelsea is a, a mismatch, a mishmash, I guess would be the correct way to say that, of a bunch of people's visions. There's players from Mourinho's last time, there's Conte's people, there's board signings, there's a bunch of different visions. And it, it, it doesn't need speci- you, if, if, if you're going to play sorry ball, in air quotes, you need a requisite level of quality, both in terms of physicality and in terms of your mentality. Like, I think one of the things that we always talked about, not necessarily me, but Carl, is like, you have to be really smart to play Pep's version of football. Like, you Mm. have to know where you're going to go. You have to know the predetermined movements. You have to be able to read the game and recognize things. Like, intelligence is a part of, you know, that style of football. And I think the only really good footballers at the club, you would say, up until this summer... There's an argument for Fabregas being like a quality footballer in that sense, in the in the way that we use footballer on this podcast. Eden Hazard's obvious. David Luiz, I know I slated Kepa at the beginning, but I think that was a good purchase in in terms of footballing sense. Rudiger, I'll give him a pass. But would would you guys call Conte a good footballer in the way that we use footballer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would. Loftus Cheek, Hudson Adoy. If, if Chelsea are willing to invest the requisite funds to get the right players to execute sorry ball, which I don't think they are. I don't think they realize how much money you're really going to have to pay in order to get players that can execute the brand of football that sorry wants and to do so at a, at a rate that you can usurp a Manchester city, a Liverpool, a Tottenham, a Manchester United. Like, I don't know if they realize how much money that is. They've already bought Pulisic, and I have questions about whether that's a right purchase for like the team in general. So, when I ask stick or twist, if Chelsea are willing to spend like four hundred million over the next two years to like rebuild the squad in Sarri's image and to make it a purely Sarri team, keep him, hundred percent, keep him. If you're not willing to do that, and you admit to Carl's question, what is Chelsea? If Chelsea are the pragmatist club win by any means necessary club sex sorry now but this is, this is the, but this is the wider point chelsea don't have to be right chelsea don't have to be the pragmatic winner all winner all cost counter-attacking side because also as a certain portuguese manager has just proven you can't do that at the top table anymore if chelsea want to go back to where they once were if chelsea want to be a premier league title challenging side if they want to be a late state of champions league 
championing side. They're not going to be able to do it with a manager like a certain Portuguese man. They're not going to be able to do it with Antonio Conte having to squeeze everything possible from a bunch of money ball, B to B plus standard players chosen by committee. Chelsea need to pick a system. They need to pick something and need to commit to it. All the top teams press. Chelsea pressed to an extent under Conte, but it was a it was a counter-punching style rather than the uh, constant swarm that Manchester City, that Liverpool, that Tottenham Hotspur are doing, um, that other teams are doing. You know, Those are the best three teams in the league at pressing and they are the top three teams in the Premier League. And it's no surprise. If Chelsea need a manager who can be like, right, let's start pressing. Right, let's, let's install some sort of robust attacking style rather than just give it to Edison Hazard and give it and hope and pray. I know it's tempting to go, we need to go back to what we used to be, but what you used to be ain't going to cut it no more. If Chelsea want to be uh, a late stage Europa League challenging Premier League side and every now and again they finish fourth and some years they finish sixth, then fine. Keep sacking your managers, keep having your massive loan army and keep wondering why players like Callum Hudson-Odoi are going, actually, I want to go to Bayern Munich instead. But if you want to do something, if you want to do something and start getting the Champions League semi-finals and start beating up Paris Saint-Germain and start going, you know, having those away days where you're going over to Juventus and Barcelona and go, actually, we can match you toe-to-toe. Sorry is your best bet, for now at least. I guess we can, we can leave it there. More could be said, but more shouldn't be said. That, that was a hopefully very detailed look at Manchester City versus Chelsea. Uh, as we're recording... As we're recording this, we're currently watching Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Newcastle. Newcastle won goal up. Wolves just look really good despite all things. They truly do look like the seventh best team in the Premier League now. Um, I'm going to go through the rest of the weekend's fixtures and we can just go back and forth on quick conclusions. All right, team? All right. So let's look into uh, Tottenham Hotspur beat Leicester City 3-1. We should ask you. You were at the game. I was at the game. I was at Wembley Stadium. Uh, things to note Son is rapid so fast and so good at launching counter-attacks Jamie Vardy was dropped to the bench for Leicester uh, Claude Puel said there was no injury or anything but he wanted to try out different tactical profiles out of the game apparently there was a, a dispute between Claude Puel and Jamie Vardy on the Friday uh, where Vardy well Mr Puel overheard Jamie Vardy refer to him as a fucking knobhead it's there's a really interesting thing going on at Leicester City where they're they're a good they're a good side they have a good squad I, I think uh, they've got Yuri Tillemans on loan uh, who made his debut against Spurs who was doing some really good football they also looked as if they were desperately lacking someone to put the ball in the back of the net which is why Vardy presumably has good reason to call his manager such a thing uh, Damari Gray plays as a false nine he wasn't a good false nine. And so Spurs held on and managed to get on the counter quite nicely. Musazoko getting really nice and tidy possession as well. Uh, and that, that's my quick assessment of Spurs 3, Leicester City 1. That is the third game I've now watched in a football stadium this season. And all three of them have ended 3-1. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's my opinion. Justice. If you were a manager, would you let a player who hasn't played a second just take a penalty it's one nil and they get a penalty and james madison looks like he's gonna take it is his name james madison madison's gonna take the penalty vardy comes on he's like nah this is mine vardy is not good at taking penalties if anybody's watched jamie vardy take penalties he hits it hard yeah yeah. but there's no placement it's just like look i'm gonna hit this as hard as i can if 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 it hits him it hits him but maybe it'll go in I don't if, if I was Puel and this guy's like talking shit to me, like what if he low-key missed it on purpose just so he could get me sacked? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta think like that. So I don't know. Like I there's no way if I'm Claude Puel, I'm letting him take that penalty. But I, what do you guys think? Leicester are having problems to a lesser degree that Chelsea are having, where sort of they've won their Premier League. They kind of wanna they, you know, some fans and some of their players want to go back to that counter-attacking claustrophobic style that got them the Premier League title, but Claude Puel's going, actually, no, it, it's better if we do this sort of style of football and try and progress forward. Who did Manchester United play? Uh, Manchester United played Fulham, defeated them 3 0 away from Martial. home. Talk that about him, 20 m That is the sixth away victory 
in a row for Manchester United. That is their best record since April 2002. Damn. Uh, Paul Pogba got a brace against Fulham, uh, taking his goal tally to 13. That is his most successful goal tally in his entire career. With the caveat, six of these have been penalties. Six, yeah. maybe seven have been penalties. And also he's missed two penalties. Manchester United have been awarded the most amount of penalties in the Premier League so far this season. Anthony Martial was amazing down the left. There was like a, a, a small 15-minute spree where it looked as if Fulham might trouble United. I would also mention that that might have something to do with the fact that Victor Lindelof was rested entirely. United just figured out, oh, we'll just beat up on the left. Martial just started running. And yeah, Alexis Sanchez isn't going to work out at United. Yep. We kind of did say it. What's the point? Martial's got that position on lock. Uh, Paul Pogba played 12 passes to Anthony Martial. Martial played nine passes to Paul Pogba. That's the partnership down the left. That's how they like to play. That's how they like to attack. Very interesting that Lukaku was open for both Pogba and Martial's goal and had his arms outstretched, wanting the free ball to tap it in and both players to ignore him. He tries his best, but he, he was Mourinho's man and he seems to be suffering for a little bit about that. Just just quickly, we brought up Martial and someone asked this question. I think we can, now now that he's good again, we can ask this. If you had to draft a team from current French national team players, who would be your first two picks from AJ Cool 16? So we have Pogba, we have Martial. So like, could we do like a talking tactics? And I hate the idea of drafts because it's like property. It gives me auction vibes, but it's, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. If we could do like a talking tactics French draft and we'll do like the top six picks. I'll give Hap Hope the first pick. I'll give Carl the second pick, and I'll take the third pick. So who would be your first pick in the French national team draft? So, so this is just all current French players playing right now? All? Yes. Um, Labille. You would take Pogba first? Yeah. <laughs> Carl, second pick in the Talking Tactics French draft. The Carl Anka Ankers select. N'Golo Kante. You guys are giving me Mbappe? Man, uh, with the, with with the third pick in the Talking Tactics French draft, the Daniel to look to looks select Kylian Mbappe. Have hope. Fourth pick. Um, the Ouse. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Call fifth pick in the French draft. Who are you taking? Raphael Varane. Varane. Okay. And with the sixth pick in the Talking Tactics French draft, the Daniel to look to look select Antoine Griezmann. Madrid. Nice, nice. What do you mean? Do you what? Third? <laughs> no, you only get two. You only get two. Do you, oh, uh, do you want a third? One. I mean, well, look, there's no one beats Martial. I didn't pick an attacking no, player. I, I would rather have Griezmann than Martial. I think. You don't know, no, no, I was shocked that you. Wait, wait. You pick Griezmann over Martial? Guys, That's guys, crazy. keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Next fixture. I mean, no, like we got the Champions League as well. France has so much talent. You know what? We should do a Germany one, an Italy one, a Brazil one next week, over weeks. But anyway, we'll, we'll uh, do that next, yeah, next, 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 next game. Uh, Crystal Palace drew one one West Ham United. That was quite fun. It, there, there was a surprising amount of quality and lack of quality in that game. I, I think I've said it once in this podcast. Football is very fun when it's a bunch of good individuals playing very badly, and that's how I felt about that draw. Um, Huddersfield lost two one to Arsenal. Huddersfield are done. Yeah, right, they're, they're in eleven points. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's it's good they scored. How they many games? What's that? Derby County, though. That's the no, 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 no. They scored. They scored, which is good. They need one more point. Derby had eleven points. They need a draw in the last what is it, twelve games? Yeah, they should get it, but I don't think we can like be sure sure. <laughs> Next game. Liverpool also, beat also, also shout out to Arsenal for being fifth. I know we gave you guys. It's the top five and. Arsenal, no, 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 no. Your guys' goal difference is good. You scored enough goals. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Emery. Shout out to Arsenal. You know. Shout out to Iwobi. One time. Liverpool beat AFC Bournemouth 3 0. Uh, Georgia won. Alden's back in the side, and now Liverpool winning again. Did you see his goal? That was a really good goal. That was great. That was that uh, goal was sex. That goal was. We're, sex. We're, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying how we're, we're beginning to understand how important Genie is to that side. He got voted. As the, the new important. vice captain, um, along with Van Dyke, keeps it all ticking, keeps that game going. Just nice, great redistribution of play. Can also dribble quite well. He is 
a better version of what Ander Herrera does for Manchester United. Uh, other things, Bournemouth, they go away from home to play a top Premier League side, play way too open and get done. Uh, Southampton lost 2-1 to Cardiff City. Cardiff are good, maybe. Cardiff look likely to... Cardiff are putting together a good case for surviving. If we are looking at this Premier League table, which I am right now, Huddersfield, 11 points, they're gone. Fulham, 17 points, probably going to go. And it's really 18th. Uh, and the gap between Southampton on 24 points in 18th and Crystal Palace in 13th, the gap between them is only three points. So there is... What? Yeah. Hmm. Palace, Brighton, Burnley, Cardiff, Newcastle and Southampton are all candidates for the drop. There's only three points between them. Newcastle will probably get further out um, if they hole against Wolves. Uh, and Cardiff, Cardiff. The fact there was an away victory was particularly interesting as well. Hmm. I don't want Everton to sack Marco Silva, but it's looking like Paul Merson might have been right when Merson went, who is this guy? He's not going to be able to cut in the Premier League. And and maybe Everton will give him enough time to, to try and fix it. But the basics, man, he doesn't seem capable of the basics of set-piece defending and not getting done. Uh, I think he's got the Roberto Martinez problem in that he has a... You know I don't like using the word philosophy. Marco Silva has a philosophy. I have a philosophy of playing football. No, you don't. You just like playing 4-3-3. I don't know. He he feels like someone who could charm a uh, a board or a chairman into like you know what this is my plan. He has that kind of young Mourinho thing. Like they even talk the same. He that feels whole like thing. I, he's store brand Pochettino or store brand Roberto Martinez. He wants to play good, expansive passing football um, and can recruit the halfway decent players to do him. And then they they ride really really hot, but also he can't work his way out of the situation. Newcastle fans used to tell me when Pardew wins a get, win, gets a few wins going, he's really, really good. But when he loses, what Pardew does is he constantly chops and changes formation all the time until he starts winning again. And then when he wins, he does that over and over and over again until he loses again. And it's the repetition of the format. Pardew doesn't learn anything when he plays football. And that's why Pardew was doomed after that slump with Newcastle. And that's what happened at Palace. And I think... Silva has that sort of thing where when he's winning, it's great. Yeah, it's easy. Look how good these things are going. But when it's bad, he doesn't understand what's going on. A lot of his defensive plans involve Idrissa Gay will stop that counterattack. And he was doing that even when Idrissa Gay was injured. And that's why Tottenham Hotspur put six past him in the Christmas break. But he doesn't seem to be able to organise a defence. He doesn't seem to be able to sort out set-piece defending, much like Roberto Martinez. Yeah, I would not... I hope Everton stick because Everton have been lurching between all sorts of systems and managers in the last couple of years. Let's bear in mind, Ronald Koeman bought four number 10s last season before he was sacked. And then David Unsworth came in and Unsworth seemed ridiculous. Then they brought in Sam Allardyce. Then Allardyce spent a bunch of money in January and then Allardyce left. So Marco Silva, Marco Silva's Everton side has signings from Koeman, Allardyce and from him and from a little bit from Roberto Martinez. They still haven't properly replaced Romelu Lukaku as a, as a striker. Richarlison is good, but he's not. This system isn't tailor-made for Richarlison, who is a converted winger. Other than that, Burnley beat Brighton and Hove, album 3-1. And what I will say is, ha-ha, Joe Hart is a brick. Burnley seems to be good now. They've dropped him. And that is this week's Premier League news. More interesting. Bundesliga. Stuff has happened. Have hope. What has happened in the Bundesliga? Fill us in. Um, Dortmund Bricks of the Week. Not Chelsea. Dortmund Bricks of the Week. 3-0 up. Looking like you're going to go ahead and maintain your, your leader at the top of the, the table at seven points. And you decided to concede three in about 10, 15 minutes. Shocking. So <laughs> that then allows Barney to then go ahead, close, close, close the gap as they beat... Um, I'm not I've forgotten who they played. It was a 3-1 victory. That was also Lewandowski scoring, I think it's his hundredth goal. Basically, he reached a, a milestone. Yeah, Schalke, 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 yeah. And um, so yeah, so but and Lewandowski scored two goals in the game. Second goal was a milestone for the club. And Bayern now closed the gap from seven to five points. Yeah, Dortmund Ooh. really messed up. And I don't know if I necessarily co-sign that they're more bricks than Chelsea. No, 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 no. You don't concede three, especially when you're 
doing so well, you don't concede three. You were three zero up. They conceded three in about 15, <laughs> 20, 20 minutes. That's madness. I, you don't I, concede six either. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're you're concede six. That's beyond brickness. That's like a scholarship. That's beyond brickness. Beyond brickness. <laughs> Hope, if you ever write an autobiography or a coaching book, please call it Beyond Brickness. <laughs> that's the name of this. That's the name of this podcast. Uh, so yeah, I, I, the thing about Dortmund was there were three and a half, and it could have been five. Jaden Sancho was on fire, mm. right? That guy is the dude right now, and I can only imagine the crud he must be talking in the group chat to the England on the seventeen squad and a bunch of other young English players. In uh, in the Premier League, Dortmund playing Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League. Let's talk about Champions League really, really quickly. I'm going to just go through every single fixture this week, and you are going to tell me if you think they're going to win or not. You're going to tell me who you think is going to win. Let's get this done. United versus Paris Saint Germain. United three one. Are we doing aggregate scores or first legs? No, first legs. Who's going to win? Just quickly. Yeah, yeah. United three one. Draw. Uh, I think PSG is going to win this. Roma versus Porto. Draw. Score, score, draw. Porto. I'm going Roma. Ajax versus Real Madrid. Draw. Real Madrid. Hope's been saying Ajax are going to do this, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say Real Madrid are going to absolutely flatten Ajax. Um, Tottenham Hotspur versus Dortmund. Um, Spurs. Uh, I think Dortmund's going to win this. I think Tottenham have too many injuries. And they were, they were holding on for dear life against Leicester. And Dortmund are quicker than Leicester when it comes to counter-attacks. Liverpool by, versus Bayern Munich next week. Liverpool. I, too, am going for Liverpool. I'm going to say Bayern Munich. Because this is the game where Van Dijk is suspended, no? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Bayern realised, like, yo, we got to get at least, like, two away goals. <laughs> if they get two away goals when it's Lovren and Matip, and you go back to the Allianz to defend the result. I think they might be able to do it. So I'm going to go with Bayern. Cool. Uh, Leon versus Barca? Leon, but only by one what? goal. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Leon are at home. Yeah, no, Leon will win. They'll win. They'll win. I think they'll win. I'm, I'm going with Barcelona. It's Barcelona. Barcelona is still my pick to win the Champions League. Because when Messi. As much as I like Leon, I like, I like Leon. Oh, I, I adore Leon. I think they've got the two most fun midfield pairing in Europe right now. But when Messi said at the start of this season, I'm going for the Champions League, it's a done deal. Barcelona won the Champions League this year. You can't. You can dread it, run from it, but destiny will still arrive. Um, Atletico Madrid versus Juventus. Juventus. I was going to say a goalless draw, but then I realized that Cristiano's playing, and that means at least one goal. So I'm I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going Juventus as well. Juventus is still the favourites, despite my dreaded run from it. Talk about Barcelona. Morat is eligible to play. Yes, yes he? he is. He's oh yeah, They they bought him and they thought. Oh, actually, to be fair to him, he almost scored like a really, 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 really good goal in the derby. Oh yeah, no, uh, no, no, but, he no, but he was outside by like a toenail. That was a quality goal. He almost, but they didn't. So. Yeah, he was, he was offside by Tuno. Like he, he, he was offside again. Well, I mean, it was it was marginally offside. No, no, he, he, he the, the, the dude lives offside, bro. He, that's where he lives. And then Griezmann, Griezmann's goal could have been offside. Like I thought it was offside, but if it weren't for VAR, you know, that's the Champions League. Anything else would you like to discuss in the world of football before I just start applauding someone? We just kind of referenced the the Madrid derby. My stream was really bad. It it, it was good, like. But then it just yeah, like my very legal starting. stream was 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 really chopping. My legal stream, know, was man. like how come your legal stream of football was chopping? Yes, yeah. First world problem, is it? Like when <laughs> the stream sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you want to talk about, Carl? Aaron Ramsey, baby. Can we? How Aaron Ramsey how has secured the bag. How? Secured the bag. <laughs> Now, now, no, 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 now, like I've I've read from Juventus fans that the 400k a week is without taxes. The way the Italian press, I think, reports taxes or or reports weekly salary, it's pre-tax. The way that English media report wages is post-tax. So when you see that uh, Eden Hazard makes 200k or whatever it is. That's after taxes, because that's the way that England do their taxes. But in Italy, they show you the, the number pre-tax. 
So that 400K number is really closer to 250 a week. But still. Yes. Aaron Ramsey is not going home with 400,000 pounds every single no, week. No, 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 no. No, no. But uh, the, as, as the BBC reporting, Aaron Ramsey has signed a pre-contract agreement to join Juventus in the summer. The deal will t- see him take a pre-tax figure of £400,000 a week. Jesus. This will make him the highest paid British player in the world. It will take him in the top 10 earners for footballing rights. I don't understand. For, for pure on-field football. In 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 world football, <laughs> he is now he is on the same wages as Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, what? Hope, you, you've just mentioned what quite a few people have gone is how have how has Aaron Ramsey's agent managed to convince Juventus Aaron Ramsey's worth this much money? That makes no sense, right? So, as my former housemate and uh, podcast person, Kev Byrne has mentioned. If you work out £400,000 a week over a four-year deal, which Aaron Ramsey signed, that works out as roughly £83.2 million, which is roughly the same amount as buying someone for £32 million and paying them £250,000 a week. What Aaron Ramsey's agent basically done is gone. For £40 million, you're not going to be able to find a better midfielder than Aaron Ramsey, so you may as well buy Aaron Ramsey and just pay him the 40 million we would spend on wages to him. They they would have spent on transfer fees to Aaron Ramsey direct. And for that, Aaron Ramsey is going to be a lot more uh, loyal. This is why I asked like a couple podcasts ago, why wouldn't everyone just wind down their contract? 250K a week. Like, come on, man. Like, Mesut Ozil did the same thing. Now you realize why Aaron Ramsey couldn't sign or didn't sign with Arsenal. Like, you mean I, got, I can get the bag in Italy? <laughs> Look, he's getting the bag, bro. Man, y- man, y'all better leave that English weather and y'all nasty-ass breakfast <laughs> while I go to Italy. What, what the hell is y'all breakfast? <laughs> but, but, now, I will say, I will say this. This ah. is... While while Ramsey can do this, who eats this is... beans for breakfast, bro? Hey, 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 hey! Don't knock the beans for breakfast. I had beans for breakfast on Sunday. It's good. Oh my! This is Carolina people, man. <laughs> uh, now, what I will say about free agency, um, Arsene Wenger said this this might happen more and more often as as players get more aware of their individual talents and how they can do it. But it is risky. So Nets touch on wood and say Aaron Ramsey does his ACL. Hey. That's gone. Then he's got a broken leg and no football club to play for and no money coming in. While it'd be nice to run down your contract and then secure the bag elsewhere, you don't you don't you're never sure about what happens in that last year of that contract. Yeah. You could you could get injured. Things could dramatically change. The club you potentially want to go to could buy a player instead. If you're let's lose let's let's use a uh Luke Shaw example right now. So Luke Shaw left back for Manchester United, does his leg, comes back, was in the last year of his contract for Manchester United. And Luke Shaw basically this year season was going right. What I'm doing here is going to be a difference between me earning £80,000 a year next season or earning £40,000 playing for Southampton next season. And I think that plays into why some players aren't going to wild down their contracts. What Ramsey's doing is brave and exceptional. Uh, and there's no guarantee it's going to work out in Juventus, but man, £400,000 a week. Is Oof. it brave? People use the word brave. Like, a firefighter is brave. Right? What Ramsey's doing is just thuggish. <laughs> but it's not brave. Like, he's not I, running into burning buildings. He's not like a nurse or something like that. He's, he's not brave. He's, he's, he's just being a thug. Like, in credit to his gangster. Paid, but still. He's being paid Cristiano Ronaldo money. And you've got to bear in mind, you've got to bear in mind, Juventus... Aaron Ramsey's not going to be the difference between Juventus winning your Serie A or losing Serie A. Really easy. Right? Serie A is already a lock. Aaron Ramsey, the argument for Aaron Ramsey being Juventus is, can you get me the Champions League? Anyway, question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we have five minutes. So, Double H. Mm. After criticizing ESPN and particularly Stuart Robson for his comments towards Jorginho, I'm sure this guy probably researched our podcast, so I don't want to say he's wrong. Um, do you all agree that he was right and you were wrong, particularly have hope. And as Chelsea fans, what should be done regarding his position moving forward? So, uh, yes, we admit that Stuart Robson was probably correct when he referenced Jorginho wasn't really a great DM. 
Um, what should what should Chelsea do about the DM position? Kansi has to be the DM. And I just think for Jorginho, it's either you, you play two double pivots or Jorginho needs to, to or based on the opposition that you're playing, Jorginho needs to be benched and then you then have um Kansi. Or you just put Jorginho in, in, in the midfield and he's much more of like the Winaldum role of just keeping possession of the ball. But as far as that's DM, that position of like that protection of the of the defense, Kansi has to move in there. Dominic Bennett, Ebony F. Prince, is Danny still happy about Chelsea making the final after yesterday? Do you think Stubborn Sari will make big changes for that match? Will he make changes? No. Am I happy about the final? Uh, it can't be worse. If it is worse, then, you know, God help us. <laughs> so at, at least it's not at the Etihad. It's in London. Chelsea generally play well at Wembley, except the last time we were there. Um Thoughts on Pietek and Paqueta both being involved in three goals in the last three games from Hazim. How do you feel about the young players at, at AC Milan? Yeah, doing good. I think you know, Gagatsuso has definitely steadied the, the ship. And I think, you know, he needs to be given a lot of credit. I thought he'd, he'd be a bomb when he arrived as the manager, but he's done really well, really good coach. And yeah, Pietek is statistically one of the most informed strikers in Europe. So, And can we talk about two winters in a row chelsea have done a striker merry-go-round and not gotten the best player in the deal it seems they did the batchway goes to the best striker in that guy that's not no 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 he's the best person in this new swap and not not in form and in name like on the back of the jersey higuain looks better than piatek or piatek however you pronounce it apologies my polish brethren piantek 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 but as of right now February 11th or 12th, 2019. I was going to say 2017 for whatever strange <laughs> reason. Uh, it's not, it's not Higuain. Let's let Arsenal get Aubameyang. Let's give Dortmund Michi. And then we take Olivier Giroud, who has gone missing this for the past three months. I don't know if he's injured or whatnot. Like, it's very annoying. Pill Bill, what is the point of FFP? And why should clubs be bothered to abide by it when nothing has been done to PSG or Man City for breaching it? Is that true? Nothing's been done? No, nothing. I feel like they've been fined. Things have been done, but also we've spoken in this podcast before and what AC Milan have mentioned about how FFP, FFP, the ruling was initially putting forward to stop new billionaire teams. from. Basically, FFP was abused by the top clubs to basically pull the ladder up and stop clubs like Malaga and other would-be start Monaco. And Monaco and other would-be clubs yeah. to get loads of money and spend their way to the top. FFP is doing its job. It's just that what it was meant to do was bad because it was put in power by who? Corrupt people. Michelle Platini, who is now no longer allowed to have a job in football because he was corrupt to the hills. Is he, in jail? he might be. That guy should start a shadow war <laughs> to try and out to, to try and out corrupt uh, Blatter. Blatter went to <laughs> Shout out Seth Blatter, man. And you know what's weird? Like, people like Seth Blatter, they don't die. This guy's going to live to, like, 110. I swear. No, 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 no. Blatter is that dude. Blatter is that dude. He's, he, he is that dude. He's that dude. I don't hate him, but we've had nah. this, this no way. podcast before. He fought for Africa. He fought for South Africa. Say what you will. He fought for the World Cup in South Africa. He did not fight for the World Cup in South Africa. He fought yeah, for yeah. his bag. All right. Well, I'm not having this. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Leave Blatter alone. Sap. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Where Where does Sergio Aguero rank among the best strikers the Prem has ever seen? Top three for sure. Top three, right? Just Just behind Shearer. Yeah, he's now match for. And he's now match Shearer for hat tricks with eleven in the Premier League. Um, all right, last question. Do you think managers should adopt their principles or adopt? Do you think managers should adapt their principles to the players they have, i.e. sorry, or implement the principles they believe in 100 percent and so players understand what the manager wants to do? We've already answered this question. We've already answered this th- throughout the podcast. Good. No, no, no. It's it's yeah, it's it's a mixture of it depends what kind of manager you are and what you have at your disposal, funds wise, finance wise. Yeah, so as you see, we I mean we got a lot of questions on Chelsea Manchester City. I couldn't ask them at the time, but I just kind of I just didn't want to talk about these questions and this Kick your old fan. I've taken it. I hope United beat Chelsea, otherwise you're gonna chat some mad crud to me now. <laughs> I'm actually not. 
again, I'm trying. Like, once the racism thing happened, I'm just like, should I really get really invested in these things? Like, I'll put out tweets on Twitter for retweets. Like, you know, is what it is. But uh, do I really, really care? Like, I should or like I used to? Probably not. I was kind of happy when Sterling scored as well. Like, if you think back, like they called him a black, then he just scores a goal, gets a penalty, scores another goal. Shout out Sterling. Um, but yeah, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. Do this every Tuesday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Talking Tactics. Uh, if you're on us, if you're listening on Spotify, follow us. If you're on uh, an Apple device, subscribe. It's free. Half Hope, where can people follow you? You can find the kid at Half Hope Hot, Half Hope Football Hot.com. Carl, where can people find you? I can six one six. It's been a pleasure. Gonna, I'm at Daniel to look. We're on Talking Tactics. Uh, yeah, Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. All right. Sports Social Podcast Network.